0: Welcome to the more than a mother podcast where we believe you can pursue your dreams and be a great mom at the same time I am your host lawan moses and I am so excited to be back with you once again My guest today is kara harvey of a purpose driven mom Kara is a wife mom to a 15 year old stepson six-year-old daughter four-year-old son and a woman of god She works as a mom empowerment coach and her mission is to provide women with the tools, resources, and community to reach their goals, empower themselves, find their happiness, and live a life by design. She does this via her blog, podcast, virtual community groups, and e-courses that help women to learn to balance their lives, finances, schedules, health, and themselves. Today, Kara and I sat down to talk about her new book, The 15-Minute Formula. We talked about her journey to becoming a full-time entrepreneur and how a lot of times things don't always work out the way that we expect them, but everything works together for our good. In this episode, we really dive deep into goal setting for moms and how we really need to start rethinking how we plan our goals and the way that we chart the course of our months, days, and years. Let's dive into my conversation with Kara. Hi, Kara.
1: How are you today? Hey, Luan. I am hanging in today, but I'm excited to talk.
0: That's good. I am so glad to have you here with me. I am excited that you have released this book, The 15-Minute Formula. I can't wait to dive into all of that. But before we get into talking about the book and everything you have going on, if you could just introduce yourself to the audience and tell them a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure. I am a mom of three. My kids are four, six, and 15, and I am a former burnt-out school teacher turned accidental entrepreneur. It's kind of the way I like to say it. I think a lot of us don't ever plan on sitting in this entrepreneur seat, but here we are. Um, I taught for eight years. I absolutely loved it, but I was losing myself. My anxiety was super high, and I was just absolutely done. Honestly, I remember the moment where I had hit enough and I was on an admin track. So I was the principal of our summer school program. And the last day of summer school overlapped with the first day of regular school. And I was told to just figure it out. Like I had to be in two places at once. And I sat in my car and I cried and I thought, I can't do this anymore. So that day I went home to my husband and I said, I, I'm done. Like I'm burnt out. I'm done. Um, my stepson, he was, I think, four at the time. Like we were just starting our family. And I said, something has to change. And he's the most supportive person in the world. So he said, sure. But, you know, we need to make money. So what do you want to do there? And I had been dabbling in network marketing. Like, you know, I paid for my product. It was fun. It had become like a fun project for me. And I thought, maybe I could do this. This is something different. Why not give it a try? And I hate the word hustle, but it is what I did that eighth year of teaching. And I was able to make that bare minimum I needed to be able to leave and to go and um, go, quote, full-time into network marketing. Uh, and I said to my husband, "Is are you sure? Like, is this going to be okay? Um, and he said, yeah, we've got it. We can figure it out for a little bit. And about two months later, he lost his job uh, and was out of work. <laughs> so we had my barely anything income coming in as we had started this. And so I went back into hustle mode because it's what I knew. And three years full-time in network marketing, I stopped one day and realized, that I was burnt out again because I was doing all those same things. You know, All the things I did as I was a teacher in box zero and carrying my laptop around with me everywhere, and working 60, 70 hours a week. I was doing all those things. When on the outside, the success, I mean, I had 250 people on my team. I had a six-figure business. It looked very successful, but I was drowning. And so right around the time I was nine months pregnant with my son, um, I said to my husband, I think I'm going to stop network marketing, like in the way you stop, you're like, I honestly, I still get a check. So, you know, residual income is nice. Like when you build it, it happens. But I said, I think I'm going to switch focus and I'm going to start my own business. And again, he said, this sounds great. If this is what you want to do, we can figure it out. Uh, And a few weeks later, lo and behold, again, my husband lost his job and he was out of work this time for eight months. And so in those first eight months of my business, uh, I had a newborn and postpartum anxiety and depression. I had a husband who had been out of work and we were on government assistance and we almost filed bankruptcy and lost our house. And I was trying to build a business. And that first year I threw the proverbial spaghetti onto the wall to try to figure out how to make any money. I I thought, let me get into blogging. That's what I I thought I was going to be a blogger. And I quickly realized that doing recipes and roundups and things like that wasn't serving me. It wasn't really helping people the way that I wanted to help people. And it wasn't what I wanted to do. And so at the end of that first year, I did some soul searching. I got a coach and I realized that what I'm really good at is productivity. Uh, People had always been asking me like, how do you do it all? And I would laugh and say, I don't, but I do what matters the most. And that kind of has become my tagline now um, when, you know, I started a purpose-driven mom. And so now Three years into diving into productivity, I get to do this full time. Uh, I host a podcast called The Purpose of Mom Show. My book, The 15 Minute Formula, just came out. And I've had thousands of women go through my productivity courses and have been able to help them realize that they don't have to be overwhelmed and burnt out every single day and can still find time for their goals. And it's just a lot
0: of fun. That's awesome. And it seems like you really went through a lot on this journey. I mean, Who would think that each time you're like, okay, I want to do my own thing, start my own business, then here comes your husband losing his job. It's like the things that we can't prepare for. And it's great that you have such a supportive, loving husband because- spouses, spousal support means a whole lot when you're launching into this entrepreneur journey, where you're going after your dreams and goals, but it's like, no one is able to prepare for, okay, I'm going to do this. And then he loses his job. And I'm sure you started perhaps having some doubts or things that were going on. Like what was going through your mind? Like each time you went to launch something or do something, and then he would lose his job. Like, how were you feeling? What what was going through your mind?
1: You know, and it has been a journey and I look back at it now and I, and for me as a Christian, it's it's been very difficult for me. So I actually became a Christian as an adult. And so when I started my business, my ent- um, network marketing, I wasn't a Christian. So this is very new for me. And so I was like, wait, I thought when I'm a Christian, like this is supposed to work out. Like what's happening here? And so there was a really big battle for me with God being like, wait, I, I feel like I'm obeying. I feel like I'm doing what you're calling me to do because this would not have come from me. And all of these battles. And now, you know, I know what I know now about spiritual warfare. And like, I know like these battles when they come now, I'm like, like this week with the book coming out, I got COVID. Um, We have had transition on my team. We had to let an employee go. Like it's been wild the past couple months. And now I'm like, bring it. Right. Because now I understand what all of that means. But in the moment I'm like, is this not meant for me? Is this not what I'm supposed to do? And I actually remember one of the most challenging moments of, of, this incredible process, which I'm glad we're talking about, because I don't reflect on it enough, is that um, when my husband did start going back to work, he's a school administrator. And so Um, he it's hard to find a job as a principal, um, because honestly people have to like retire or pass away. (laughs) So it, it is challenging. And so when he was going back to work, things were okay, we were making money, but we had gotten into so much debt. If anyone out there has ever like been unemployed for a long time, you get into a lot of debt. And so, in order to help us get out of the debt that we'd gotten into, he had taken a job delivering the newspaper. So this man was getting up at three in the morning, he was delivering the newspaper, he was coming home showering and going to work, uh, as a principal for the day coming home. And at one point I was like, enough is enough. Like, I want to work my business. Um, my kids are home. I'm like, but I need to do something for him because he's going to fall asleep driving. And so I started to apply for jobs so that I can, um, could pay for school for my kids. that were going to school three days a week. And I applied at a Barnes & Noble. So this is like such a full circle moment now, especially I'll, I'll share what I just shared with you before we got on. So I got a job at the Barnes & Noble at the local mall. And I remember feeling like defeated. I thought if my business was successful, I wouldn't have to do this. And if I work here and I tell people I work here, then they're going to know I'm a fake. Then they're going to know I'm a fraud, that I'm not successful enough in whatever success means. And it actually happened exactly what I didn't want to happen one night. I, I, and I And let me tell you this. I loved working there. Like, I absolutely enjoyed it. I loved having people around. I love books. Like, I love talking. Like, it was a really great job for me. And it was something that wasn't mom for me. So I really enjoyed that piece. But this one night, this guy came up. He was looking for self-help or a business book. And I was, oh, let me help you. And, you know, so I would always help the people who come and looking for business stuff. And I found him a good book. And we were talking about it. And he was like, oh, you know a lot about this. And I was like, oh, yeah, I have my own business. And we were talking. And he said, no offense, but, like, if you have your own business, like, why are you working here? And I paused because that was the exact moment I I knew was going to happen. I had replayed it, and it was, like, that gut check of I am a failure. I can't do this, right? And so I had to have a lot of moments like that where I would remind myself, like, I'm working right now. Literally, I was working there to pay for my kids to go to school three days a week so I could work on my business. You know, like my husband would come home at 545. I would leave and go work from 6 to 10, Saturdays and Sundays. Like it was it was a wild time just to make a couple hundred extra dollars a week. But in the end, I now see like, one, that was worth it because I needed that focused time to be able to work without my kids. But also the amount of connections I've made there and that we were just sharing for that I just got a book signing at that same Barnes and Noble. I brought them my book a couple weeks ago, and they are rooting me on. They are cheering for me. She just said to me, she was um, one of the managers who has been cheering me on this whole time and she was like I you know um the man the head manager said we should order 50 but I told her we need to order 100 books for this signing cuz I think you're going to sell it out and I was like come on like that belief she was like I have no doubt that you're going to have we're going to need wristbands to get people in here for this for you and that never would have happened if I hadn't been in that moment if we hadn't been in that valley and so um I think this process for me um man it's been challenging it really has but when you look back I don't know I just I look back at all the things that happened for the reasons they happened. And I know even when I'm in, like, like, I'm not going to lie. Like I was disappointed this week. Like I had to cancel most of the book tour. Like I was really upset, but I thought there's a reason for all of it. There's like, there's a reason. And now we'll postpone some of the calls and then those podcasts will air when they're supposed to actually air when they need to be aired. And that person that needs to hear it, will hear it then because, Hey, maybe if they all aired the same week, people would hear me all over the place, not listen to all of them. And they wouldn't hear what they needed to hear. So Now, you know, if you ask me Sunday, I wasn't I wasn't feeling all these things that I'm saying right now. Of course. I was a Debbie Downer a little bit. I was definitely in the realistic because I don't believe in toxic positivity. Like I was I was I was mad. I was real upset. But now a couple days out, I'm like, okay, so where do we go from here?
0: Right. And it's great that you shared all that because going back to where you said you became a a Christian as an adult. I'm also a Christian. I've been a Christian my whole life. But it's the reality of living in that moment, no matter how much faith you have, no matter how much you believe, no matter how much you know things are going to work out. When you're in that moment, it doesn't stop you from being a human with real feelings. So like you said, on Sunday, you weren't feeling this. Like, Mm -hmm. it's those times. I'm not feeling this empowerment and encouragement and things are going to work out. Like, I'm not trying to hear that. But Then when you have a chance to digest those emotions, you feel those emotions, you kind of start to think, okay, this is all happening for a reason. Every step that I've taken at this point has happened for a reason. And who knows, as you shared with this whole Barnes and Noble book signing, congratulations, by the way. Mm -hmm. But as you shared, who knows if your schedule was filled with, all these podcast interviews, whatever the meetings you were supposed to be having, you may not have been available to take that call and for it to go the way that it did because you were rushing on to something else. So it's hard to understand it when we're going through it. But once we get through it, it's like, okay, I know why this happened. It's a lesson in everything. And that's how I believe. And that's how I hold on to it and stay encouraged and keep that faith because it's like, I may not understand what's happening right now, but I know there's a purpose. I know there's a reason. And I know that it's all going to work out. And that's one thing too. And we pray to God and we pray for these things to happen. I always say you have to be specific with your prayers because (laughs) it may not work out the way that you think it will. So it's like, okay, I want to have this best-selling book. I want to start this business. I want to do that. God let this happen. You have these prayers. God's like, okay, yes, it's going to be done, but it's done according to His will. So we're going through this, like, okay, God, this is what I prayed for, but I didn't think it was going to happen like this.
1: And it never does. And let me tell you, I was saying, um, once I came out of my like upset fog, I was like, you know, one of the lessons for me on this because I'm a super, I'm a very reflective person, so I, I like to sit and stop and think, like, what is this lesson? Was what I'm teaching in the book. I need to practice what I preach right now. And what I teach in the book is this mix of grace and intentionality for moms. Like that is really the crux of all of it. And I so I said to myself, you know, I'm giving myself a grace to be in this season of sick. And um, I took almost everything off my plate. I was saying before, like I had this call and one other call and everything else got taken off my plate this week. And I slowly moved. Like yesterday, my goal was like, can I wash all the sheets and get them in? And that's it. Because I didn't want to get stuck in this place that we often get stuck in where we're just like do absolutely nothing for weeks on end, And I knew that I couldn't perform at the same level. So I've accepted the fact that my pace is slow. It is what it is. I'm fine with it now. I'm I'm not going to feel guilty about the fact that like my house is pretty much a mess and it is what it is. I, I really have released that. But I told myself I need to do something. So yesterday, the goal was to get dressed and do the laundry. Today, the goal was to get dressed, do the laundry and do this conversation with you. And I'm going to slowly get myself back together and I'm not going to beat myself up over it. And that's what I want moms to like really get from the book too, is that it's this mix of what season are you in? What makes sense? Embracing that season, not letting the guilt of the season make you feel like you have to either go hundred miles an hour or not, but also having the intentionality to do tiny tasks. Like. 15 minutes at a time, literally everything I teach in the book, I was like, I need to practice that this week. Um, And that's what I did. I was like, let me do the laundry. Okay. 15 minutes, I'll fold a little. And then I'm not going to lie that laundry, it's still sitting on the floor, like in the living room. Like I folded it while I watched TV. I just didn't have the energy to put it away, but guess what? At least it's folded. And so the next time I have the energy, I'm going to put it away. And that's good enough. And I think we have to allow as moms, as busy moms doing a ton of things, we have to allow sometimes good enough to be great for us. And allow that to be um, just the place where we feel success and not perfection. Because it's about intention, not perfection.
0: Yes, and it's all about intention. And I love this because, you know, you and I are always speaking the same language. So I'm just sitting here like cheering in the background. (laughs) I think that is a great segue to go into talking about your book, The 15-Minute Formula, How Busy Moms Can Ditch the Guilt, Say Yes to What Matters, and Conquer Their Goals. This is just an amazing book. I started reading it. I got a copy of it and I have started it and I'm like hooked from the beginning. And I just love how you even started talking about the 15 minutes, the stacking and everything that you believe in. So if you could just tell us a little bit about the book, the things that you're covering in the book, and then we'll go ahead and talk about goal setting. If you are enjoying this show, feeling inspired and motivated, learning something new, or just want to show some love, Please do me a favor and help me spread the word. Screenshot this episode and share your favorite takeaways in your Instagram stories. I am truly growing my Instagram and I want you there on the journey with me as we continue to grow and build. Don't forget to tag me at Lawan Moses so that I can share your share. Each time you share this show, it helps me to reach more and more moms just like you. Don't keep this greatness to yourself. Tell a mama you know about the More Than a Mother podcast today. Remember, motherhood is a universal experience and we are all in this together
1: um, the book itself came from, uh, an accidental God moment. Like I, you know, people, when they want to write books, like there are people, it's a bucket list thing for most people. It was not a bucket list thing for me. I never had any intention to write a book. And then I don't know if I share this story with you. Okay. So I'll I'll share a little bit about the, the birth of the book and then, and then we'll get to the good stuff. But, um, though I think this story is, is really good. So, um, right around February and January, I was searching for books for my book club for my membership and everything I found around productivity for moms. And maybe you found similar. It's like either business or hustle or get up at 5am, or it feels like somebody just slapped together their blog posts and put it together. Right. And so I was like, I want a quality book for moms because it's different. It is different for us, right? Like some people will be like, oh, I don't like the word mompreneur. I'm like, I do. It's different for me. Like running a business as a mom entrepreneur is different. And I'm not, don't have any shame in that, right? And so finally I was, I said, um, we were planning our summit. And I feel like I was on a summit session, like a QA, and I said, you know what? I think I might write my own book. I think I'm gonna do it. And I had the summit, so everyone was like hyped me up, like, yeah. So I said I said I said the God, because <laughs> that we talk. I was like, God. If you want me to write a book, send me some signs. And then after the summit, I'll start like the process of planning it out for maybe figuring out how to write next year, right? Because I already had my goals planned for the year. There was no space to write a book. That's a huge project, right? And so that was on a Thursday. On a Monday, I received this email, and it was from one of my, like, online mentors who I never, like, don't know, but you know what I'm saying, But you get all their emails. Out. It was Mike McCallowitz, So I, I love the show story because he's an amazing person um, who were profit first and clockwork and everything. So, and it was to his whole email list. And the subject line was, I want to help you write your book. And I was like, say what? Say what? I could I could not believe it. I was like, wait, what is happening? And inside the book, um, inside the email, he said that he was hosting a workshop because of COVID, only 10 people. To teach you the ins and outs of how to write a book, like a writer's workshop. He doesn't really do these a lot, but he felt like he wanted to do these right now. And I was like, oh my gosh, to my husband, I was like, I think I have to go. So I keep reading. Um, The event is held in New Jersey in the same town my sister lives, literally walking distance from her house. I thought, okay, this is weird. Um, And then the two dates of the event happened to already be two dates. So I told my husband, this is one thing I do in planning. I said, when the summit is over, I'm taking two days and I'm going to a hotel and I'm going to decompress and reflect, right? And I, I plan this the same two days I had already picked to go away were the two days of this event. Right. Right. So I was like, I ha- I'm going to have to go to this event. Right. So I went to the event and I learned the ins and outs of all, basically if I had taken a course on like book writing 101, it would have been at this event. And I got to sit next to this man and like have lunch with him. And like, he's become such a great mentor of mine now. Right. And so that's kind of how it started for me. And then, Um, It went from idea to page in about nine months, like completely ready to go because um, it was God, it wasn't me, right? I was like, how do I do this? But what I did was I took the principles of the book, this 15 minute concept, and I applied it to how I'm going to write the book and I used it. And so inside the book, I teach my five pillars, um, which are um, vision, time management, goals, habits, and routines. And they really are all under this umbrella of what I call priority-based productivity. It's not about doing it all for doing it all's sake. It's not about doing it so that you can fill up every line of your planner and cross everything out. It's about what makes sense for you, your family, your business, whatever category of your life at this moment. It's about planning a little bit into the future. And it's about taking stuff off your plate. I teach this concept of buffer time in everything I do. And we'll talk about it when we get into the, the nitty gritty with goal setting. But it's about actually doing less and putting less on your plate to grow your confidence that you're capable of achieving more. And I think that's where a lot of moms get stuck is we failed so often on the basics. I can't get the, I can't get the laundry washed, folded, and put away in a day. I am the worst mom ever. I'm such a loser. Why am I even trying? My family's better off without me. And I don't know what your voice you know, sounds like, but that's what mine sounds like sometimes, right? I would call her the inner critic. Her name is Julia. We don't really like her around here, but Julia, that's what she sounds like to me, right? You are a failure because you can't even load your dishes or you forgot about spirit day or whatever it is, right? And instead, it's about this approach of giving ourselves grace while we intentionally move towards our goals and remember who we are as moms.
0: And that's so important that giving yourself grace, peace and just going back to what you were saying about, OK, God, give me a sign. And I think a lot of us were not ready for those signs. It's like, OK, God, give me a sign. And then it happens in three days. It's like, wait, I didn't say right now. Mm-hmm. I said, give me a sign. I need time to process this. But I always say when God is in it, things just line up. And that is how, you know that it's the path you're supposed to be on. And I know for myself, when I find myself going into something new or praying for something, like if it lines up and everything flows, I'm like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. But when it's like, everything's complicated, it's not making sense. It's like, okay, why are you forcing it? Step back and see what God has for you to do. And it seemed like at that time, Doesn't matter what your plans are. And a quote that I saw years ago that said, Write your plans in pencil and give God the eraser. And that's really what it is. And what happened in your life at that time, because you had a whole different plan for what you had to happen after that summit. You're like, I'm going to go decompress and all that. God was like, No, you asked for a sign. Here it is. This is what you need to do. And then you had the faith to step into it. And now you've produced this wonderful, empowering product with this 15 minute formula to where you're really breaking down how women and moms can really get things done without all of that pressure and without so much like being down on ourselves, being that critic. I never thought to name my inner critic, oh, by do. the way. That's a sidebar. Yes. I never thought do, to it, name it. Her. It
1: lets you um, take the personalization out of it. Like when you start to hear that negative voice and I, and I will literally be like, Julia, that's not true. Julia, that's enough now. And it, it feels silly. But that is one of the tools you can use to combat the inner critic is to make it feel silly because it's not actual truth. And so when you're like that, you're like, oh, I'm be- I get it. I get it. You know, um, and it, you get frustrated with yourself because you're like, oh, I'm being irrational. And I know that this isn't really the truth. Right. But if you're ready to step in and embrace it, it's a really good tool of like doing a pattern interrupt and stopping that negative thought
0: train before it hits the station. That's a good idea. Like I said, I never thought. Yeah, so give it a name. Registration is officially open for the Purpose Driven Mom a Virtual Summit. This summit was created by Kara Harvey as a way to help you nail your routines and live a more priority based life. Join me and over 40 credible and speakers with topics ranging from how to ditch procrastination to routines for creating more independent kids and everything in between. The summit kicks off on March 28th, and it's going to be five action-packed days that you don't want to miss. Click the link in the show notes to learn more and to grab your free ticket. I absolutely cannot wait for this event, and I hope that you will be my guest. Now, we're going to dive into pillar number three, which is goal setting for busy moms. And I am all about being goal-oriented, but also, as you said, having that flexibility with the goals because life is going to happen. So if we could just kind of dive into, you do a lot of quarterly goal planning and you talk about themes and seasons. If you could just kind of break down for us, why are quarterly goals important and why do you think they're more effective than yearly planning?
1: Yeah. And, you know, I really do like to make a vision board for the year like everybody else. Like I think those things are important. But what I found after working with hundreds and thousands of moms on this is it's too big. We need more urgency, or we're going to do that thing where we keep pushing things off until the time is better, right? And so you might make this goal, and you're like, I'm going to read 50 books this year. Maybe that's like a huge goal you make. And you're like, I've got this. And you get excited in January, and then life happens, and life happens, and life happens. And all of a sudden, it's October. You realize you only read four books, and you either quit your goal, or then you try to burn yourself out to finish the goal. Instead, when you you use this quarterly planning approach, you can do a couple things. You're going to give yourself the urgency so your deadlines are a little tighter. It's exactly the reason why in sales, like the end of the quarter or the end of the year is like so busy. It's because that's that deadline. So you're giving yourself a shorter deadline to get things done. And you're going to pick and choose what happens inside. So I like to make themes for each of my quarters um, because that allows me to focus on which goals make sense. And this goes back to that seasonality. You don't need to do every goal every quarter. It's okay to say, hey, this is a goal I want to accomplish this year and I'll work on it when the time is better. I think what a lot of people do is in January, you get 13 goals on a list and you think you have to work on all of them in January. And then by the third, what is it now? the end of January, you probably quit on most of your goals, right? Because it was too much. So instead, you start with the vision. You start with the big picture. What do you want to do in the 12 months? And I teach three different types of goals, but you you pull those project-based ones out and you ask yourself, where do these make sense in my year? And then you give them the appropriate quarter to work on them. And you don't have to be in a hundred places at once. You say, great. I know I want to declutter my house. doesn't really make sense this quarter for me because of everything else I have going on. So I'm going to work on that in the summer. I have more flexibility. I have more time. And I'm not going to feel guilty for the next six months because my house isn't decluttered because I know that I've given it a time and I know that I've given it a place. And people say, well, aren't you just like pushing your goals off? It's not about pushing your goals off. It's about intentionally putting them where they belong. Now, if you just said, I'll declutter someday, no, we don't want to do that. You want to say very specifically which quarter that goal makes sense. And now you've got your vision. And say, hey, you get ahead in January, you finish on another goal, and you feel inspired to work on a goal for quarter two, go ahead. It's a bonus. It's not the pressure of having to do it all. It's extra credit.
0: Yeah, and that's a good point. And I agree with the whole quarterly planning. Also, just looking at it from the perspective of mom life happening and life happening that it's a lot we can't prepare for. So yes, we can have these big goals for the year. But as you said, things happen, things change, they fluctuate. So I like how you break that down. And I know you mentioned that you teach on three different type of goals and you mentioned project-based goals. So what are the three type of goals that you teach on and why do we need to look at all those differently?
1: Yeah, it was about like a year and a half into teaching my frameworks that I realized that a lot of the moms were having hiccups with like, I couldn't figure out how to make an action plan for this goal. And it's because they were looking at them as like one size fits all, right? We look at a goal and we think we break it down the same, but actually all the three types need to be broken down just a little bit differently. Um, So the first type is a numerical goal. These are ones that might go over the course of the year. And these are ones that you're going to break down literally using math. So I said before, um, reading goal, that's a very easy one. I want to read 24 books by the end of the year. Okay. So you start with there. Then you're going to say divide it by four, four quarters in a year. So that's six books per quarter. We're going to break it down even further. Six divided by three for three months in a quarter. That's two books a month. All right. So when you get there, you're going to keep breaking it down. You're actually going to, and this is something I did in the book. Um, there's a workbook that goes with it and there's a reading guide. And I broke the book down into how many pages a day you should read in order to finish the book in a month. And that's where I want you to go with numerical goals. I want you to get nitty-gritty and granular on them. And numerical goals are cool because they can stretch over the course of the year if you want. And if you're constantly checking in on them, they won't creep up on you. If you say you want to save a certain amount of money, right, or even you want to make a certain amount of money in your business for the quarter, for the year, and you've broken it into your quarters, if you're checking in on that every week, you're just slightly adjusting your numbers instead of like, oh, no, now i got to make $50,000 or I'm never going to hit my goal, right? And so numerical goal is kind of like the foundation because i have found that every type of goal will eventually become a numerical goal if you break it down using my system which is a super cool thing that like i didn't realize till i was writing it in the book and i was like all roads lead to the numerical goal right so numerical goals they're the simplest to understand they're the ones i think people should start with because they're less emotional they're easy to break down it's literally grab a calculator the ones that trip people up more are the last two which are the project and the routine based so project based goals are simply goals that can't really be broken down numerically yet, but you need to break them down by task. And I recommend that you break them down into 15 minute tasks. So for example, um, let's do a work example. So I'm planning my summit, it's coming up, right? Um, There's a whole bunch of tasks, probably like 300 tasks, like little tasks that have to get done. So, the first thing I would do if I was breaking down a project based goal is I would categorize it. So, I might say, like, emails to write, social media, pitching, whatever it is. If I'm doing this in my house, I'm decluttering. I might break it down by a room. I might break it down by the things in the room. You know, start with your categories. Brain dump out that project in 15 minute or less chunks. And the reason I pick 15 minutes is because I find that 15 minutes is a good time where we can convince our brains to take some action and make some progress. But it's also very easy to just like get caught in a scroll. And so using that 15 minutes, is like, okay, I don't have to work on this for hours and hours on end. Like it's just a tiny, tiny bit. So if I was to break it down, I might say, okay, I need to um, schedule invites to um, To the summit. I might need to schedule out during event summit emails. I might need to do um, daily summit emails or affiliate summit emails after event summit. Like, you know, I'd probably have a list of like 12 to 15 different types of emails. Once you've got your project based goal broken down into these chunks, then it becomes numerical. So if you know your end date, when do you want to accomplish it by? Then you're just doing math. Okay, I know I want to do this in the next 12 weeks. So I'm going to say I have 12 sections of my house I want to declutter. That's easy math. So that's what we'll do right now. 12 divided by 12 is one. I need to do one section of my house a week. Okay, how many rooms is that a day, a day? How You know, what does that look like? And it allows you to break it down. The thing with project-based goals is I don't want you to put more than two project-based goals into a quarter. Again, you're a grown-up. You can do whatever you want. But my recommendation is two seems to be a good amount of project-based goals to work on. Without getting overwhelmed. This is where a theming comes in, right? Maybe quarter one, your theme might be that you work on all your home project based goals. And then quarter two, your project based goals might be work related or family related. And this allows you to kind of figure where things go. The last ones, these are the routine or the habit based goals. So these are ones that support your other goals. Like your goal of saving a certain amount of money might have a routine of checking your bank reconciliation every day, right? Um, They all kind of fit in. But this is where I use my routine stacking. And so routine stacking came um, out of my own personal struggle with trying to do too much at once. And I was doing what we call the Monday mentality where like, you know, you start a diet and you're like, oh my gosh, okay, I'm never going to eat carbs or like sniff a piece of chocolate. I'm going to go to the gym for like nine hours a day. And then by Tuesday, you're like, yeah. I'm going to try that again on Monday, right? And we rinse and repeat because we're doing too much. So routine stacking actually has you moving back and saying, I'm not going to do it all at once. So say you want to work on your evening routine. You're like, I want to have this great evening routine set up my morning. Great. I think it's the most important routine moms can have is a good evening routine. So you pick four to eight. I think that's the the number I've found works the best. Things that you would like to have in that routine, you start with your vision and then you pick one. And then week one, you just start on the one. If I can unload my or load my dishwasher before I go to bed five days a week, and one I always say five. I never tell people to do things seven days, and I know there's all this science, 21 days makes a habit. Okay, but it also makes you a perfectionist. So instead, let's work on five and give yourself a buffer for life to happen. I give myself a buffer for a kid to be sick, and I don't feel like loading the dishwasher or a sport event to go long, and we get home late. Give yourself a buffer in it, right? So five days a week, if I can load my dishwasher, boom, awesome. If I've been able to hit it, then the next week I add something else in. So now I'm loading my dishwasher and I'm taking out the trash. Okay, so I've got two things. And you continue to add. And what's cool about this is you'll start to realize that things don't actually take as long as you think they're going to take. A lot of that's the mental game we have to work past. Some weeks, maybe week one, you get the dishes loaded in seven minutes. And I only know this because I've done a time inventory. I know that it takes me seven minutes to uh, load my dishes and 22 to complain about them. And so I try to remind myself that, right? So I get it done in seven minutes and I'm like, oh, I actually have time. Well, because I've made my vision, I know that these are the other things I'd like to eventually do. So again, bonus, I'm going to do a couple of these that I feel like doing right now. Not because I have to, because they're extra. And then it starts to become more in my control and less like a drudgery and a chore. And then you can start to work ahead. And then on the weeks where you're exhausted and you don't feel like doing it and you get your one thing done, you pat yourself on the back, you tell yourself you did a good job and you don't even worry about it. And again, this goes back to a numerical goal eventually. So if you know that you want to complete this by the end of two months and you have eight tasks, then you know that you need to add one task every week say your timeline shorter. It might be one task every four days. It might be one task every three weeks. I did this with my kids morning routine. I didn't really have a very big end goal. I had like a 12 week goal and four tasks for them to do in the morning. Um, And these are for my little. So this is when they were two and four. This is when we did this. And I was like, I want them to make their bed, get dressed, brush their teeth um, and put their breakfast plates away. And so we actually did one task every like two to three weeks. Like I didn't even add anything. Like yes, were they getting dressed because we left the house, but it was like getting dressed without arguing, getting dressed independently type of a thing, you know? And so we extended how long we had things. And so there's so much customization you can do. But I think when you're breaking your goals down, you start with your vision, you break it down into a nice numerical thing and you don't put too much on your plate. This will allow you to start to see more success and more momentum in 15 minute chunks than you ever did trying to do three hours of, you know, a morning Bible routine or whatever your thing was that you thought it needed to look like.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. Like you said, a lot of us have in our mind that things take a lot longer than they actually do. And you find that once you start to do them, they do not take that long. So that is great that you've been able to package this all into the 15 minute formula. So aside from motherhood, what would you say has been the most rewarding part of your life journey so far?
1: Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's a good one. Um, I do think that this business has been a big one for me. Um, I didn't set out, like I said in the beginning, to to do any of this. But I think about the emails I get and the women that have been impacted. Right. I think about the differences it makes in their lives. And you know, someone laughed at me the other day because I was saying something about the book and. I was like, well, this is what we're doing. And someone was like, who's we? Like, didn't you write the book by yourself? And I realized I'd been saying we forever because this this book is not about me. I know it sounds like hokey or whatever, but like, it's not, it's about my community. It's about those moms out there that have, um, and I think that's why it's been received so well by them because they feel like they're a part of it. It's about the mom that's sitting at the dinner table at the end of the night, crying into the bills because she's so overwhelmed and burnt out and doesn't know what to do. And I think that- now five years in, I look at, you know, everything that's happened since I left teaching and I think, this is awesome. Like this is my job. I get to impact people every single day. And I keep work hours. I keep boundaries. I don't feel burnt out in my job. And I'm able to, you know, do it and I do it, you know, for God's kingdom. And it feels really flipping cool. Like sometimes people will say things to me, and I'm like, yeah, I do have a cool job. Like I really do get to to make a difference. And, you know, one of the things I will say for other entrepreneurs out there, when you're struggling to wonder if you do, one of the things we do is we keep testimonials on a click up board. And uh, anytime like something comes into our Facebook group, we get a DM or an email. Um, We, um, anyone on the team will screenshot them and we keep them. And um, on the team, if I start getting grumpy about something or I'm like, does this even matter? Because we all go through the phases, right? Like, does it even matter? My team will say to me, I want you to go read the board. And we go and we look at the board. We start every single team meeting with whoever, whether I'm talking to my coaches or my product manager, or my podcast manager, we start with a win. I want them to share a personal win, but then I want them to share a product-facing win. Share share a win from our membership. Share a win in the inbox. Whatever your role is, I want you to see that win. And I think that that has allowed me to make this sustainable and and rewarding. So if you're out there in like the thick of it, starting your business, start that board now. Because you're going to have days where you're like, does this matter? Like, why am I doing this? Um, and, and not for, it's normal. It's totally normal. It happens to all of us. But if you can have that thing to anchor back in and be like, wow, this person said that this was the difference it made in their life. Like it makes a difference. Whether you know, you have that day where you get like 12 angry emails about something silly or, you know, tech isn't working or you're, you know, whatever it is for you. Um, I think that has allowed this to become something super rewarding because it really allows me to have this aligned life Um, that I I really enjoy. Like this week has been challenging not being able to work because I miss it. I really like, really like doing it. But I love the fact that because I have a team, I've been able to grow something where I can step out of it and uh, and be sick. (laughs) It's totally fine.
0: That's wonderful. And thank you for sharing those encouraging words. And thank you for everything that you have shared with us today. So if you could just share with the audience where they can connect with you online and where they can pick up a copy of your book.
1: Sure. Uh, Instagram's probably the best place to get me directly. I'm at A Purpose Driven Mom, and my podcast is called The Purpose Driven Mom Show, so if you want to hang out more. Uh, the book's called The 15-Minute Formula, which uh, will be at Barnes & Noble soon, but right now, Amazon is the best uh, place to snag it, and if you go to the 15minuteformula.com slash free, I have a workbook there. Whether you buy the book or not, you can get it for free, um, and a Trello board that accompanies it, and it, like I said, it has that reading guide in there. It has a place to take notes, and it has a really makes the book more than just something pretty sitting on your shelf. It's going to help you take it into action. So um, whether you get the book or not, you can snag that, but we do have links over there that will send you right over to grit the book.
0: Thank you so much. And thank you, Kara, for being my guest today. This has been an awesome conversation.
1: Thank you for having me.